Business continuity and disaster recovery. What are the key challenges today? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Roberta Witte, Research Vice President in Gartner Research. Roberta, such a pleasure to talk to you. Hello, Tom. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself and then talk about your current, area, current areas of focus as well. Okay. Well, I've been with Gartner for over 10 years. I started at the end of 1999. I call it my my personal Y2K project. <laughs> um, prior to joining Gartner, I worked for financial institutions in New York City and managed the information security, business continuity, and IT risk programs for them, different uh, business units. Since I've been at Gartner, I've covered identity and access management, and then in 2000, 2008, I transitioned over full-time into business continuity management and have uh, been covering that area full-time since then. Very good. Well, let's answer the question that I asked up front, which is when it comes to business continuity and disaster recovery, what are the key challenges for organizations today? Yeah. I, I think right now in 2010, there, the, cha- the biggest challenge that organizations face is the economic crisis. There are so many business continuity management professionals who have been laid off uh, that uh, it really has changed the face of many business continuity management programs. I think as companies went through the economic crisis, they looked for projects or programs that they, in essence, felt weren't delivering added value and weren't directly related to the survival of their organization. And we saw lots of layoffs in this field. So from a personal level, I think uh, just getting back to some level of economic stability will help the profession. From an organizational level, again, it's economic because as they, as they laid off workers, as they got, some organizations got rid of their business continuity management programs, if you can believe that. Um, not many, but certainly we've seen that in, in financial services. Um, I think as the economy recovers and companies start to realize that any kind of business interruption can impact their their organization, they're going to start taking that broader risk management view of business continuity of a business interruption and really start bringing back the practice. Now, as they start bringing back that practice and they start to think about business continuity as a risk management activity, as a risk management function, I think the whole field is going to start to change. Now, just about a year ago that we had what what became an exercise in pandemic preparation with the H1N1 crisis, Mm -hmm. what would you say we learned from that experience of of either dusting off these pandemic plans or creating them and in some cases enacting them? Yeah, I, I, dusting off the plans, there were probably a few organizations that uh, dusted them off. I think many, many more organizations actually created pandemic plans. First of all, I think that there was a definite increased focus and increased conversation with H1N1 as opposed to the avian flu, which was a few years ago. Um, the government really devoted a tremendous amount of attention to making this at the forefront of organizations uh, you know planning 
And I think that was because this this pandemic had the potential of being uh, a worse a worse disaster or a worse pandemic um, than the avian flu. So they devoted tremendous resources to getting businesses to pay attention and to work on their pandemic plans. I think there were a couple of critical, uh, you know, ahas that organizations realized out of their efforts. Number one, that their normal business continuity plans, their regular recovery plans, didn't quite work. Uh, a business continuity or recovery plan is geared towards the loss of a building. Um, uh, that's the primary focus. Not every organization has looked at the loss of the workforce, right? Um, and not so much the loss of the workforce um, in individual skills, but we're talking about a 40% workforce reduction, 40, 40% absentee rate, right? That's what the, the number that at least U.S.-based organizations were working with. So really few organizations had planned at that level. Of course, you always look at your your mission-critical skills, like a DBA, an IT, you know, the head trader, and you plan for that. But when you're talking about a 40% reduction in workforce, that's a different planning um planning activity. So I think that was number one. Number two, from a technical perspective, companies hadn't really thought about that absentee rate and how workers could continue to do some of their job from home. So we saw a great expansion in work-at-home programs, teleworking, and as a result of that, the whole issue of the last mile the, the 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 wire from your internet service provider to the home became of utmost importance because that last mile issue is a different kind of internet delivery uh, guarantee than what you get from a commercial guarantee. So if you're working in an office, you usually got you usually have a commercial contract as opposed to the residential contract that you have at your home. Um, if we did actually have a pandemic that forced, you know, or that created a 40% absentee rate in, in towns, neighborhoods, regions, I think we would have seen the Internet come to a grinding halt in those areas because of that, uh, the difference between the, the capacity of the residential link to, versus the commercial link. Fortunately, we didn't have to actually experience that, but I think that became an of tremendous interest and tremendous um, insight into organizations, into IT departments about how they actually deliver and optimize their wide area networks, what kind of applications they were delivering. Um, you know, we saw some companies looking at modifying applications and putting them onto, say, a BlackBerry or an iPhone, uh, you know, creating a much smaller footprint so that their mission-critical applications could still continue to be used uh, in that manner. Roberta, where and then you? I'm sorry, please. The, the last issue on pandemic planning, which I think is very interesting, is the whole issue of personal hygiene. I mean, we saw that everywhere you went. Uh, that the issue of understanding how a virus spreads, this has nothing to do with business continuity from the traditional standpoint, but it's a risk mitigation factor, right? How do you mitigate the spread of the virus, and which could then result in 
uh, if that virus actually spreads, then you end up with that 40% workforce reduction. But how do you mitigate the spread of it? And so the the focus on personal hygiene, um, I thought, was also a very effective um, activity that you know everybody, whether it was a small retail establishment all the way up to large corporations, um, implemented. Shifting gears just a little bit here, Roberta, where would you say organizations are most vulnerable today? Is it to natural disaster, man-made, or the pandemic disaster we've been talking about? Yeah. From a vulnerability perspective, I think you have every organization has to do its own risk assessment as to what the threats are, whether they are natural, man-made, or a pandemic. Um, I, I think that's just part of the overall planning process. Um, so, for example, if you live in Iowa, you're not going to plan for a hurricane, right? So you, you do have to have some understanding by location for each one of your operating locations what those risks are. Um, and, you know, we certainly see the west coast of the United States planning for earthquakes. We see the, the uh, southeast part of the United States planning for hurricanes and, you know, the eastern seaboard planning for hurricanes overseas. You know, if you're in a tsunami area, I, if you're in Europe, a lot of flooding issues come to the, the forefront. Um, so every location, every operating location has its own risks. As far as man-made disasters like terrorism, I think that that is always at the forefront of organizations' minds since 9-11. You can't deny that the world is a different place, uh, and you have to think about that. I think, though, that there are some additional vulnerabilities that companies are not thinking about. One, in fact, um, and, you know, talking about where does business continuity management go in the future, here's an example of how business continuity managers and professionals can really start to change the conversation within their organization, and that's the whole issue of, you know, the reducing or the reducing fossil fuel uh, resources that the world has um, that can create a real business interruption for many organizations in the future. And if you're not looking at your supply chain, at your business delivery model, and understanding how you know having to pay ten dollars, twenty dollars for a, a, a gallon of oil is going to change that business model, then. Uh, in my opinion, you're not doing your job right now. Uh, I think that business continuity managers working with their business operations folks can really start to make some changes going forward. Um, if you don't have a green program started in your company, this is a great way to do it. Um, again, you know, looking at risk mitigation and uh, you know, ultimately changing a business model potentially. Also, water shortages are going to start happening. We see that in parts of the United States already. In the southwest part of the United States, there are towns and and regions that are going to be running out of water resources. What does that mean for your operating location? You have to start thinking outside of the box. Well, it's a good segue to the question I had next for you, Roberta, which is what are your biggest business continuity and disaster recovery concerns going forward? And I know that just in the news recently we've had a number of prominent organizations and agencies fearful of, of cybersecurity attacks. Well, certainly, I mean, just staying on that one point of a cybersecurity attack, we certainly see that the whole area of business continuity management 
is taking on an expanding scenario perspective. So um, if you don't include a cyber attack as, as one scenario, as one potential business interruption, you need to start thinking like that, right? Um, uh, but there are other concerns, and I, I can't say that they are... You know, uh, uh, the vulnerabilities I just talked about around, you know, reducing fossil fuel uh, resources, water shortages, um, I, you know, planning for a, uh, a solar flare, I think, um, is kind of foolhardy at this point in time because if you're going to talk about a solar flare cutting out technology in general, well, none of us are going to be working at that point. Um, there will there won't be commerce, but I think that some of so there, there are those you know forward looking kinds of vulnerabilities. But I think that to, you know for 2010 2011 the challenges are getting management's attention and maintaining management's attention. Um, that is no different than it's been for the last you know, 5, 10, 20 years. And I think that uh, that, is, that is something that we talk about with our clients. I hear, I hear that being talked about in many, many areas. And Gartner in particular is starting to address that conversation by looking at how business continuity managers can sell business continuity to the business manager by focusing in on how availability risk impacts your key performance indicators, not financial indicators, but day-to-day operating indicators like on-time delivery, system performance, um, research and development success. So there's ways of integrating or mapping availability risk to how your business runs itself on a day-to-day basis that is a very different perspective in how to get management's attention and keep management's attention. Um, other concerns, and uh, you know, again, this is very specific, is the whole issue of expanding the conversation from one of IT disaster recovery, where most people in this field have had their start. You know, I would say that IT disaster recovery is much more mature than business continuity. We consider IT disaster recovery to be one piece of the overall business continuity focus. And you'll hear some people talking about business resiliency, continuity of operations. It's all the same conversation that you need to expand your uh, what we call components, your capabilities, to ensure that it's you can recover from a business interruption and not just an IT uh, failure or an IT uh, you know an IT interruption. So looking at crisis management. Who do you contact when your data center is evacuated? Who do you contact when one of your work environments, uh, you know, has to be evacuated? And what I mean by who do you contact is, you know, what's, what's the chain of command? Who within your organization needs to be notified first, second, third? When do you reach out to your workforce, you know, the general workforce? When do you reach out to your customers, your, uh, your partners, your supply chain, government agencies, utilities, insurance companies, um, and so forth? So crisis management, expanding or even starting up a crisis management program is vital to the success of your company. Um, also, um, looking at how you start to manage the data that a business continuity management program has. It's a gold mine. I'm telling you, there's nowhere else in the organization that uh, has the view of how a company operates 
then the Business Continuity Management Office. Uh, you have technology resources, people resources, uh, special equipment, operating locations, partners, supply chains, interdependencies up and down, internal and external to your organization. And all of that gets mapped into a view of the organization that, as I said, no one else has usually. You may have pieces of it in IT. You know, if, you, if you're implementing, say, an asset management system or a CMDB, you've got pieces of it. Enterprise architects may be doing some of this integration for one part of a business process, business process management uh, uh, technologies and, and processes are looking at parts of it. But if you're talking about a full and a full view of each of your business areas, each of your business processes, each of your operating locations, business continuity is pretty much the only place that exists, and it is a goal, and it is a goldmine of information that can be leveraged back into, say, business process reengineering and the overall day-to-day operations of the company. And I think that's where business continuity managers have to get really creative, think outside of the box, and become a day-to-day partner with their with their op- with their business managers. And that, in particular, will get those business managers aligned and keep them aligned uh, in in the conversation as well. Roberta, a question I have to ask you because it's nagged at me all winter now, or close to it. Given all the attention that we have given to business continuity and disaster recovery in terms of man-made, natural, and pandemic disasters, how did a series of snowstorms manage to shut down virtually the entire eastern seaboard back in February? Yeah, well, thanks for asking me that question, Tom. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, first of all, I think that some of those areas were not used to that level of, uh, of snow. So they didn't have the equipment to get rid of it in a, in a timely manner. So lots of workers were stuck uh, at home. Uh, they don't have the, the equipment to clear out the snow, let alone the the natural vegetation destruction. So, you know, snow creates lots of uh, of tree failures, <laughs> lots of uprooting and branches falling and, and all. And I just don't think that they were prepared to clean up uh, the, the, the mess that was created from it. I also think that it really is uh, forcing companies to think about work-at-home programs. Now, some organizations can't implement a work at home program for a large portion of their workforce. If you're if you're a manufacturing firm, you can't have your you know, your product made at home. But certainly from an administrative perspective, some of those workers can work from home. Um, but also it's going to depend on the kind of information, the kind of data they're processing. Uh, you may have confidential information that can't be outside of a corporate sanctioned location. So I, I think that, you know, work at home programs have a role to play. They're certainly Expanding, uh, uh, expanding the use of work at home, telework for recovery, but you have to understand what part of your organization can and can't uh, work from home and and do what you, uh, the best you can. Final question for you, Roberta. If you could boil it down to even a single piece of advice, what would you offer to organizations that just want to take a step now to improve their preparedness for any kind of a disaster? Do a tabletop test with your senior managers to see if they know uh, what the impact on the business is, to see if they understand who they need to call, um, see if they understand the process, if that's a real eye-opener. 
um, for not only business continuity managers but also the executives. Um, they, uh, they know a lot less than they think they do. And once they realize the vulnerabilities that their organization is under, I think they start to rethink uh, their opinion of business continuity as an insurance policy and really start to see it as as part of, of the business operations. Um, one, a, a second piece of advice, and this might go back to one of my concerns around the, the whole area of business continuity management, um, and pr- many of your listeners may not like what I have to say here, but I, I am under the impression, um, or I'm starting to form this opinion, that many business continuity management professionals will not transition from the very focused BCM or ITDRM uh, activity into being a real partner with the business. I think it is a different skill set. I think it takes someone who uh, can under who understands business operations, who understands how to play politics, who understands how to integrate into the overall. Uh, uh, you know, business picture. Who under who can do the translation of risk to business? And I I don't think that some of the skill sets that are out there in current business continuity management professionals are there. I think it's going to um, uh, change change who goes into this role in the future. So I think if you're looking for education around how to expand yourself. I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of folks in business continuity are well steeped in the methodology. I think you have to focus on some of the other skills right now around communication, communicating business value, understanding business value, understanding risk, and, and uh, if you have those skill sets, then I think you'll be prepared. Very good, Roberta. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you, Tom. We've been talking about business continuity and disaster recovery. We've been talking with Roberta Witte with Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.